evening, ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And it is now the battle, the versus battle, Reg versus Stone. We'll be playing 20 tracks, a pop, <laughs> my greatest garage band beats. You will hear my bad impressions of Timberlands, you know. Like you know, I got I got the hot beats of Dope Primes. What you what you bring into the beat battle, Stone? Dude, I, I'll, I'll bring my. Uh, oh man, what was that PlayStation game from back in the day? A rapper, the rapper, or the other no, one? no, 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 the the one you can make beats. Oh the one shit, you can make beats. It had like a mad generic name too, though. It was like beat maker yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can bring those beats out, out fam. <laughs> I can bring those beats out, fam. Oh, I mean, look at yo. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> that game was a shit, by the way. That game was great. Oh, that no, game the, was amazing. Was it? Was that? The, I felt like and it was. I don't know if it was specifically that one, but I know the Dizzy Rascal, Boy in the Corner, a lot of those beats were yep. made, yep. made on that shit. So, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so that's the PlayStation oh, 1, baby. Legit. You know what I'm saying? We have the new Final <laughs> Fantasy remake coming out. It's all, all we're bringing it back to. <laughs> we're bringing it back to the 90s, baby. Ah. <laughs> Anyway, greetings from the from from the quarantine world. It's Redstone. Um, I don't know. Let's let's start it off. Uh, I guess the biggest news this week. Well, not necessarily the biggest news as far as music per se, but the biggest news if you actually get paid off music. True. <laughs> ASCAP has basically said that the payments ain't coming in the way they're coming in, and so they're going to delay going out. Not by a lot, a couple of weeks, but point one, when you've got no revenue stream as a musician because you can't tour, you're kind of relying on those checks. And two, it, it kind of, it's a bad for, you know, it's a bad omen to see how the music industry kind of moves forward if the basics where it's just like, you know, your song gets X amount of plays, you're supposed to get, get X amount of money, isn't coming in, that's a fucking problem. Not just for like Joe Schmo fucking, you know, indie producer, but also for like fucking Metallica. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And so for people who don't know, and this is probably like a, a terrible definition of ASCAP, but ASCAP is basically a songwriting royalty rights collection agency. And basically what happens is uh, whenever your song is played on commercial or even like in a restaurant or like a live venue or whatever, you as a songwriter based on your contract, you're supposed to be able to get royalties. Um, and there's two collection agencies yep. in the States, BMI and ASCAP. ASCAP's one of them. I don't know which one's larger than the other. There's, th- uh, there's a third one too. I forgot the name of it. It's like sound, not sound scan, but like, Sound something. So there's like three in the states. There's a couple in Europe. There's a couple in like Japan because my boy gets checks from Japan from their oh, version of ASCAP. Getting paid in yen, you bitch. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, but yeah. So this is kind of crazy though. Where you know, I know a lot of people who are artists. I'm sure you do too. They rely on these ASCAP checks, um, and they could be you know like eat, like my boy from Japan, like who who's like big in Japan. It's not really big, but he gets like. You know, a thousand, two thousand, you know, every couple months from these checks, which is if you're an artist, a performing artist, and especially if you're an indie artist, that can go a long way. Right. So 
um, you know, just in the streaming area, ASCAP, like people are just relying on these checks more and more. And now ASCAP's basically saying they have no money in the bank because the way they set up their accounting is completely and truly fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Americans won't let you or I set up our accounting like that. We, we, we can just say, oh, we have no money, right? But like ASCAP can set it up where essentially they're paying out like artists before they get the checks coming in uh, and basically now there's no checks coming in there's no money coming in there's no businesses paying ASCAP so now they can't pay out and apparently they have zero money in the bank and they're just like sending an email basically saying like uh, sorry <laughs> our bad <laughs> we got you next time dog <laughs> I think you bring up a really good point is the idea of where a lot of these businesses in general, like somebody where, you know, I, I, I quote unquote work in finances, that money doesn't really, the same way we treat money is like the same way they treat money. The idea is that everything is very fluid. Everything kind of flows in and out. So there's an idea of where, you know, you're, you're sending out money that you don't actually have in your account. There's ways to do that. There's ways we could do that also kind of, but you know, it's, 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 it's a lot more, <laughs> there's a lot more things in our lives that can kind of like stop that, 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 you know, we have to pay those fees where businesses have more leeway. It's just basic accounting the problem is is as far as their concern is that a lot of a lot of business models across the industry is kind of built on the fact of where these checks will keep on rolling in and when they stop rolling in there's a lot of issues there and it's it's kind of like you know it's and like you pointed out for these artists that that thousand dollars that two thousand dollars quarterly you know that's rent that's that's basics that's not money that they're gonna go you know and, and blow up fucking you know that's not Centro pay we're out here chilling in the fucking Miami Beach money for a lot of these artists these are just basics and when these things can start coming in it kind of gets scary because you know I the idea of and not to say that it's normal. Definitely, this is not the new normal. But tours get canceled all the time. You know, these things kind of happen. You know, obviously, we've got something that's a little bit longer, a little bit weirder. We don't know what's going to change. It's very scary. But those are kind of built in. For people, these checks kind of roll in all the time. I did it somebody who basically did the Home Alone 2 soundtrack. And like clockwork, those checks would come in every quarter. They're waiting for her. And this is decades down the line. And, you know, when you're a prolific, when you're a prolific songwriter and you've got this money kind of coming in and it kind of gets cut off, it's a big problem. And it's also kind of, you know, I don't want to kind of, I mean, I guess a good point. Fingers, nobody's going to come fuck me up from ASCAP, but it's it's really up to them. It's, a, it's Lord knows if we looked at their sheets, they're taking hella fees along the lines for doing all this nonsense. So those checks better be fucking paid. So, I mean, it's I, the reason why we kind of bring it up is to kind of point out the, you know, the issues behind it. But ultimately, it's something where it's not good. They gotta get have to get their fucking houses in order. I realized that around the same time BMI sent a letter saying, you know, Artex is good, fam. You know, our shit is still going out there. And, you know, just on the basic level, you know, we could talk about the reasons why or not, but you know, if you've got one guy doing their job sitting by the artist and the other one's kinda not, when they get paid a hefty fee to do so, it's a problem. So, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and I think this is the the thing that really sucks about this, not getting like more depressed <laughs> more depressing it's just you know i feel like this story is not really getting a lot of traction you know because there's just like so many other stories out there uh th- through the pandemic and i also feel like you know independent artists unfortunately don't have a lot of lobbying power in congress so you know 
I don't know. I don't know what the repercussions are. I mean, maybe there's some lawsuits that can happen, you know, or whatnot, but um, it doesn't seem like there's enough energy for some of these things to change. Um, And obviously, this thing has to be fixed. Like, even when we get back to normal, there's going to have to be a point where we have to look at these practices and say, yo, like, this is truly (laughs) fucked up, right? Um, But, you know, even artists getting their money now I think might be a little suspect um, just because if you if ASCAP literally has zero dollars in the bank and the people that are supposed to pay ASCAP also have zero dollars in the bank like what's going to happen now and I think that's the scary part right like if we don't actually uh, continue to lift up the story like nothing might happen <laughs> right and it's, I think yeah you know it's, it's based like you had like we had like you said it's something nobody knows not the, the average person doesn't know what ASCAP is so it's weird where somebody kind of says hey my songwriting royalties yada 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 but you know all your songs all the songs we love we listen you know the, you know a Rihanna song there's a lot of people getting paid off Rihanna song that ain't Rihanna you know what I'm saying and those people oh, aren't yeah. balling you know what I'm saying those, those dudes aren't out there and they got you know these are working songwriters who you know through their music they're able to do they're able to pay their rent they're able to buy their food and you know that's about it maybe a vacation once or twice a year that's it they're, they are not fucking out there in, in the Maybach or fucking doing cocaine lines with Scott Storch you know what I'm saying it's, it's not the same and I think <laughs> <laughs> we kind of have to recognize that you know and I think a lot of it is the I think that's the thing also is that you know it's America has a weird way of where you know, it's just like, all right, this this is this is happening. Who is the big face that we could put in front of it? And so it's easy to kind of look at, let's say, like your Madonnas, your Metallicas, your Rihannas, your Beyonces, and say, well, ooh, poo, poo, poo. You know, the, that couple of hundred grand shows up late, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, these people are industries in themselves. The music industry is an industry in themselves. And there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of songwriters out there who this is how they make money, you know, and you, and you see it where, you know, you see where a lot of these people are kind of like fucking, like, um, who was the dude that got exposed by Drake? My, my, like, uh, during the whole Pusha T fight. Oh, the, the Quentin. ghostwriter. Yeah, Quentin. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. I know that is, there's a certain negative connotation in hip hop of quote unquote ghostwriting. And, Pushing away that to a side, that idea of somebody out there, you know, who's a really good musician, who's a really good melody writer, who's really good at lyrics, when these big acts come in, you know, this, the songwriting camps, like there's a whole ecosystem that, that thousands, thousands, and thousands of people get paid from, and they're really good artists themselves, and you just kind of hope that this, the system, whatever happens, like you pointed out, when there's reset, when, when we come out of this pandemic fog, that there's a hard look to make sure these guys are there, because, you know, without these guys, you there's no music and the story yeah no definitely definitely so we'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep tracking the story like 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 real journalists real, real journalists <laughs> who you got know we'll, we'll keep track of the story um you know in, in between <laughs> let's my, see what happens in between my streaming of netflix shows and looking outside of the window <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we, we yo we, we started to rewatch the wire fam so uh, you might not see me for another another two weeks yeah. it, it, it's a terrible choice like why are we add more depression on, on on the actual depression but uh anyway but you're gonna look that's you, a story you, for another day yeah true, true. but you're gonna be looking wistfully at the baltimore houses like damn <laughs> i could be outside <laughs> i know right <laughs> i miss it <laughs> but uh what else uh, uh 
Another big one. We were catching up about our, our you know, as usual, Registone were the first ones. You know what I'm saying? Out of all the hip-hop R&B focused podcasts out there, we were like, yo, y'all need to get on this country shit. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to get on this Kane Brown. Y'all need to get on this Sam Hunt. You know what I'm saying? We've been on our hee-haw swag before, you know what I'm saying, all these other Johnny Come Latelys, man. Before the Lil Nas X. We were out there in our cowboy boots, you know, repping the rodeo life. You know what I'm saying? Since 2000 and... 19 <laughs> 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 whenever we had whenever we saw that Kane Brown video biting fucking the Drake swag but uh it's it's been interesting because actually funny enough Sam Hunt dropped an album apparently because I guess for years he hasn't really dropped an album it's just been singles so I guess he finally oh, yeah so he finally cobbled up to his and then I, I've heard some of the I mean it's not a hundred percent hip-hop but there's definitely a couple of Drake similar to that what was it bodies of backside whatever it was that track but uh anyway yeah. We've gotten a little sideways. We'll bring it back. We're going to discuss our favorite country artist right now, you know, RMR. Yeah. So, to be honest, I kind of slept on this this artist. Uh, I see that RMR has been kind of bubbling up. Um, and I'm not really sure. Like, he's definitely not on a Lil Nas X level in terms of popularity. But, you know, basically a month ago, uh, there's a track called Rascal that dropped. And it was basically, you look at it and you think it's like a Midwest drill video. Like, you know, a bunch of AK-47s, a bunch of dudes pointing the, the gun at the camera. I'm actually watching this on my computer. I'm ducking, right? Because I'm like, <laughs> just like point guns like straight at the camera. I'm like, oh shit, you know? Um, so you're expecting this like, you know, hardcore Midwest drill video. And then the dude just starts singing Rascal Flats. And you're just like, what the fuck? fuck is this and then you realize this dude actually has the voice of an angel and you're like again what is happening here <laughs> so it's not like a little nas x where you kind of have like this country hip-hop mashup or whatever this was a straight country song he changed some of the lyrics to you know like like make it more trap right but he's literally singing a rascal flat song with some changed lyrics straight 110 percent country but also like you know ski masked up you know guns up you know like whatever like represent my click like fuck the popo it's it's <laughs> truly amazing <laughs> No, like, and for me, like, I played it a thousand and one times. It's just the idea of where it's just a great song, period. Like, I, it's, it's hard to kind of like put rapid mind around it, but it's just like well sung, funny. He's he's a great he's great and talented. The video is hilarious on a, on a, on a meta level, and it's it's something where you know it's it's kind of cool because I know there was a period of time where it came out, it got pulled because obviously it's you know copyright issues. It kind of came back, and I know he recently signed to I think Warner. Hmm. But anyway, he he got signed to a major label and he has a new song out. It's a little more traditional, a little more trappy. You know, not a huge fan, but it's not a bad song. But he's still singing his ass off. Like he's generally a talented dude. I know rumors was that he was a dude that was happening that happened to be on. I think it was American Idol a couple of years ago. They kind of said the vocal pattern kind of looks the same, mm. and it might be him under the mask. Nobody knows for sure. But uh, what I kind of find interesting is the idea of where. You know, because I remember when it first came out on my Twitter, they were very much like, ah, oh, industry, industry, industry. And I was like, nah, you, you could kind of see the appeal on it. And in, in, in a place where TikTok dance could make 
records platinum <laughs> to have this record kind of come out and be kind of so so specific in its in its vision it's kind of awesome and it's it's kind of cool that kind of still happens organically that kind of so organically happens a for you know the poc creators that do it originally because the issue of like a lot of these other places is that you know it'll bubble up for a little bit and then it'll get taken by you know somebody else and that'll become famous and they don't want showing up on the talk shows so it's cool to kind of have this dude kind of have a vision execute it it's fucking original. It's fucking hilarious, and fucking get success out of it. So you know, props to him. Yeah, definitely, and, and I think it's very interesting too because I know there's like there was a lot of debate around like if he was singing or not, and like maybe it's like dubbed or whatnot. But uh, you know, which, which is a little like, racist know, if you think about it, actually. Because it's well, like it is yeah. very racist. Yeah, it, it's, it's, like, it's very racist. It's like how can this black just sing country? Where it's like, bitch, we've been singing country. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> But uh, you know, I saw—I don't know if you saw the Fader Fader Fort Fader Fort uh, <laughs> performance, but I was blown away, dude. It was just him and a keyboardist on top of a rooftop, right? And it's like the dude was—you know—I mean, again, like the dude was actually singing, but like again, the, he has a voice like an angel, right? Like <laughs> one of the, like the best voices I've heard in a long time, and I'm just like. I'm I'm so ready for the album. Uh, the thing is, like, I I don't like the the follow up track. Uh, it's kind of a letdown. Uh, I I really I don't know if it's like you know because he's just like ah oh, you know I'm genreless whatever I'm just gonna do whatever and that's kind of a little Nas X uh, template where you know he has this country song and then he follows up with like you know a trap song and more tra- you know traditional like radio friendly song. I don't know if that's the artist saying that or if it's like the label. Um, kind of saying like, "Hey, like, let's do a song that you know, like the the public might be a little bit more palatable to, right?" Um, I'm not sure, uh, but I know like apparently like he has a a version of uh, "Man of Constant Sorrow" that he keeps like singing around, and apparently wow. there might be a recorded version of that, like you know, that needs to get linked, <laughs> that needs to get leaked, like like you know, I want this dude to do a a full scale traditional country man of the woods <laughs> album. I am so ready for that. I want a Chris Stapleton, uh, you know, uh, duet. I want like <laughs> Casey Musgraves on the hook. <laughs> yeah, yo, I want Casey Musgraves on the hook, dude. Like, I, I'm ready for it. I think America. I don't know if America's really ready for it, but like, I like the fact that you know, country music is is slowly unclutching its pearls from the Lil Nas X situation. And now it's like it's cl- clutching them even tighter, <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, with, with the RMR situation, you know. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's really cool, and I think it's it's really an interesting time in music where you do have these people, you know, like look, back in the day, I grew up in an all black town. I couldn't tell people I loved Nirvana and like the Oasis and like you know like like British shoegaze and things like that, like right. But now it's like these people are just. We're at a time where if you're a black dude and you're in the hood and you're whatever, you could say, hey, I like Rascal Flats," And, like, nobody's going to, like, come at you, which is really cool. It's that, that, to me, is a really cool thing that's happening in music right now. Um, so, yeah, no, more, more prior to them, you know? Yeah, you know, and, and I'll never forget. I remember years ago I was in South Carolina, and then you know how it is. You know, we, we can't play too much hip-hop, so they'll play an eclectic amount of music. So I'm, I'm just there, like, the generic, like, you know, mainstream you know, let's say 20, 20 to 25 year old kind of club. 
And then what was kind of found interesting was, you know, they had the hip hop set and they kind of dipped a little bit to the country set. And then, you know, it, that's their music too. Again, you know, that the South is black. So when that little country set came out there, people were, you know, you, you had black and white folks with the little line dances. You know what I'm saying? It's something where the yeah, idea, no. yeah, it's, it's, is it something where in general, is this, there's a lot less barriers that people actually think like, you know, and it is kind of interesting to see that kind of, you know, show up. And like I said, the idea of him doing it literally fucking, you know, ski mask up, you know, in your face type way. I thought it was a great juxtaposition because, you know, there's, there's hella killers out there, you know, right now pumping the fucking, you know, the Casey Musgraves, you know what I'm saying? It's music. Music has no color. There it is. There, put that. Put, put that. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could have that for free, guys. I've never said that ever again. But uh, yeah, no. So it's props to him for kind of like, you know, you know making it easier and, and, and cooler to kind of, you know, poke fun at ourselves and kind of mess around with genres. So, yeah. Um... On, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So speaking speaking of bringing down and and making things you know borderless, you know the the big thing as we've seen recently has been the versus parties. You know, it's it's been uh, on Instagram. You have two artists who are somewhat related, usually, hopefully, and then they go out there and they play their best tracks tit for tat. You know what I'm saying? On some like you know we're, 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 this this just fucking is the UFC of music. Not really. It's it's generally what I like about it is the idea of you have these two hopefully legends, usually legends, in basically their their quarantine fucking dens, and they basically kind of just play music back and forth and kind of talk about stories, and it's been kind of great. Uh, the big one this week has been RZA versus Primo, um, DJ Premier, and basically it was just them playing supposedly starting I think twenty tracks. I think they pushed almost thirty by the time it was kind of said and done. And it's just basically, you know, them playing a track, I play a track, and it's done by rounds where, in theory, people vote, which is the best ones, but there's really no voting. It's just kind of an excuse to kind of showcase all these artists. So um, yesterday you had one. Technical issues, technical difficulties were happening on both abounds on both sides, but it was just kind of fun. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of chatter between going both ways, like Premiere one and RZA one. And I, I have my own personal feelings, which we could talk or not talk about it. But what I thought was interesting is the fact of where it's less about the fact of you've got these guys playing their hits. It's just the idea of the stories they're telling it's kind of making things more humanized and even things like, let's say, like Anti Up, right? So Premier did not write Anti Up, it was DR period. So it was cool to kind of like pop into like mm. social media and have like his name kind of bubble up. It's it's like it was it was basically what's been kind of cool about all these versus battles from like Swiss versus fucking Timbaland to basically, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago you had who was the big one? Uh, well, they'll come to me anyway. But you have these opportunities. Oh, I mean, we had uh, Manny Fresh and, and, and Scott Storch. Manny, and, Manny Fresh, Scott Storch. Um, but what, what was um singer bartender? Help me with this. T Pain. T Pain versus. Oh, T Pain. Who was T Pain fighting? Because, <sighs> but either way, but T Pain had like great stories. So you hear these things, and it's the yeah. idea of where oh shit, even... uh, little 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 uh, John, right? Yeah, T-Pain Lil John. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 my bad. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's the idea of where you know all these quote unquote battles aren't really battles. This is an excuse for everybody to kind of get into a room, similar to DJ Club Quarantine. You know, listen to these hits and for them to kind of tell stories. And and for uh, like as a music journalist, as somebody who's kind of been who loves the background stories, it's been fucking catnip. 
And it's kind of cool to kind of have these things go viral in a really big way and have people tune in in these relatively new mediums for these artists who kind of deserve their props. You know, it could easily be like, you know, Drake popping on there and, you know, showing off his little, you know, Vegas mausoleum mansion and shit. Like, you know, streaming is definitely going one direction. It's cool to kind of see in the age of the pandemic, it kind of getting remixed it kind of used in a way to kind of showcase the culture and particularly corners of the culture that kind of got left a ways because we're so fast moving. So, you know, props to them. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and I, I keep missing a lot of these streaming things just because I'm not on my phone like that. Um, I did catch um, Jazzy Jeff yesterday and Questlove yesterday. They were all uh, kind of bop, uh, they were on and DJ Spino was on, I think, Friday. Um but the beat battles are really interesting. And I was actually talking to somebody who does like a lot of live event production, um, who's obviously not working right now, but um, there is going to be a very interesting um, rise of these beat battles whenever we get back to normal or like whenever we get to the point where we can go live music events again. Um, there's already a call for this to be replicated live, which I'm really excited by. You know, like, I like the streaming part of it. I think it's really cool. I think the fact that like, like, like these artists have used the medium to kind of like re-engage with people. But I do think like I'm missing that like, oh snap factor like live. And I think that's going to be very interesting to see what's, what's going to happen. But apparently, there's already uh like entertainment bookers out there kind of putting together these lineups for a live show which i'm actually more excited by than like some of the streaming stuff um but no it's really cool like i was looking at the forum i'm like everybody's i everybody's saying like this is a tie um people are saying rhythm one people are saying premiere one i i almost feel like the judging kind of is based on how you feel about the artist personally, maybe. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Although, I, I, I'm, I'm you know. going to say this straight up, like, Premiere over RZA. And, I, and, I, and, and I've, got, I've got math. I've got facts. I've got Trumpian facts <laughs> behind it to prove. <laughs> I've, I've got... I, 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 <laughs> I feel like there needs to be, like, a non-judgmental judging panel... Like, you know, the Olympics aren't going on this year. So you know, we need to have, like, Olympic judges, right? <laughs> like, no, completely non-judgmental. <laughs> there needs to be a point system. There needs to be a Russian judge that nobody likes. Like, we need to we need to get to that at that point, I think. <laughs> Insane. Oh, oh, one quick one. Because going back to the idea of the live, I remember the first time. Because this is not anything new. Per se, like there's always been verses, and I remember shout to Jossie because he still throw and he's he used to throw a lot of these verses parties. Would be like Timbaland versus Neptunes, and you know this artist versus that artist, and, and basically oh, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cool to kind of have that translated to the actual artists are out there kind of getting the props for it. So yeah, no shouts to Ja because I wanted to give him props because that was the first couple of like versus parties I've been to, and I was like, oh shit, this is a great ass theme, great ass concept. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then I guess cool, we, cool. We move it to the new music guys. It's it's been a popping. You know, the, the pandemic will not stop marketing budgets that had certain days to release certain items. <laughs> <laughs> the party does not stop for A and R's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Last week you had two big records. I mean, you, you probably can see a couple because you know it's still the summer schedule coming up. That nothing, as far as no, I know, is Gaga delayed. I feel like all the music is still coming out at least for the next couple of months in the regular clip, right? I haven't heard anything really being delayed. Yeah, I, 
it's it's funny too because like there's there's talk of like the Rihanna album that was supposed to come out being delayed, but I'm like that shit was been delayed for like four years anyway, so that doesn't count. Yeah, no, I, and I, I don't know if Fiona Apple was talking shit because I think her album was supposed to come out in the fall, and she was trying to say she's gonna. I guess she said she was gonna release it in two weeks, which I guess that would be next week now. So we'll see. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, two big records. <laughs> we'll start with the greatest living. Bassist slash anime fan slash person named after an 80s cartoon Thundercat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, no. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you shoot. You go, go. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was just about to say, like, the, the, like the, the, yo, you need to actually introduce Thundercat, like, when he comes out. Like, you know, like, that, that should be his intro. Um, but no, like the, the the Thundercat album dropped, and it's just I didn't realize that Drunk came out what like three years ago. Like I didn't realize it was that long. Um, but no, I, I love this new album. Like it's fun. It's eccentric. It's way more eccentric, I think, than, than Drunk, but not to the point where it's it doesn't like still knock. Right? It's not you know, eccentric to the point where you can't dance to it, where there's no melodies, where there's no, like, you know, whatever. Um, it's just more like like reverb and more like playing around with different instruments and playing around with different tones and sounds, but the core sound is still there. And I think that's just, like, the fact of, it's still the same Thundercat. He still, like, wants to party. He still wants to, like, do some Molly. He still wants to hang out. Um, but you could tell, like, there's some maturity there. You could tell there's there's some, you know... He's mastering, like, I mean, he's already mastered his craft, but, like, he's he's confident enough to, like, take some ch- more chances and risks and things like that. Um, I thought it was a solid album, and I think it's going to be, like, it's interesting, too, because it's, like, it's an album of the summer, but it's not, like, a funk wave bounces, where, like, every track is, like, a backyard barbecue track. Remember those? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I, I I think it's the album of the summer just the fact that it still kind of has that vibe. It's a little bit darker, which is I mean you know appropriate for the time. Um, but I like I couldn't find a track that I need I wanted to skip on this album. I think it was fairly solid. Oh, you know it's 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 a great record. I I, I do see a couple of critiques that basically I guess the idea is the fact that it's not necessarily as cohesive as his past works. Um, but I think it's more along the lines of where, like he pointed out, he's having fun. He's got a song like I Love Lewis Cole, where Lewis Cole is doing the percussion. Like it's something where, you know, this was made in the, in the in the wake of Mac Miller's death. And he kind of talks about it, you know, in a lot of the interviews and the promo of the album. And it's kind of cool to kind of have this album. You know, again, Thundercat has had some, you know, not I won't say necessarily like serious, but he's definitely had some more morose, more introspective songs. And this is by a large margin, probably maybe I, I I'll put up there with Trunk. Trunk was pretty fun, also. But is this kind of like a, a fun celebration of life? Like you know, it's he's he's singing about do rags. It's 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 he's got little B on it. He's got you know fucking Ty Dolla Sign singing like singing singing. It's like it's a fun little album, and I think a lot of the people who kind of critique it kind of missed the point. Is is just like he's just he's having fun. It's it's almost like, and I, and I remember I read an article when I talk about like Frank Zappa, where the idea of where, you know, years ago, music did not necessarily have to be serious. And like, even when you have your pop music, this is a certain kind of like, you know, this is a song about partying, seriously. This is a song about fucking breaking up your boyfriend. This is this. It's these very narrow boxes. And so for like a, a, a guy who definitely could give you like fucking, you know, you know, 
you know, a jazz musician who could play fucking beautiful notes. You know, a solid R&B songwriter who could make, you know, songs that'll make you cry. But for him to make, like, these little slight funny songs and just have, like, it still jam, it's fucking awesome. And I, and I think it's kind of needed. It's, it's, it's to a certain extent a lot of, going back to the idea, I guess it's a songwriter. It's a songwriter-themed podcast, but... A lot of a lot of what we demand as a public is very serious, very lifestyle music, and it's kind of cool, dude, to kind of make you know a, a, a silly ass song, and you know, and, and to kind of have that sense of humor, you know, that Randy Newman type shit, you know, and it's kind of fun, and so you know, oh yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and like I said, I love it too. It's 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 just a fun breezy album, and like you said, it's a summer album, it's a spring album, something to be played, like you know, rest in peace barbecues. But, you know, it's kind of cool to kind of have this record out. And it's, it's like I said, Thundercat, you know, protect Thundercat at, uh, at all costs. Like, he's somebody that we need in the game. Long story short. Yeah, no, de- definitely, definitely. And, and I think this, this album, the knock I've heard on this album is that it sounds a bit unmastered. And I don't know if that's on purpose or not. But, um, again, it's just maybe him, like, saying... I don't. I can master the fuck out of this album. I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, like I. I think that, like maybe that's kind of what he was thinking. But uh, you know, and when I'm looking at some of the videos that are coming out, like and, and like it seems like that's kind of like the vibe that he was trying to achieve. But yeah, no, I. I think this cool. is it's, it's solid. Like yeah, this 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 first half of 2020 has been really good for albums. Yes. so far, really so. really bad for Civilization. Great for albums. <laughs> 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 womp womp, womp, womp. <laughs> and the other interesting album that came out a week ago was Eve's Tumor. Um, basically, yeah. So yeah, sure, you go. No, 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 right, go, go, go. I went, I went first. All right, okay. okay. Ooh. Anyway, so like Eve's Tumor. Um, basically, a dude Berlin-based, um, non-binary, I believe, uh, queer, definitely queer person. Basically, experimental. Used to do a lot of. Um, techno a lot of dance music um I, I believe he's born in the states correct me if i'm wrong but moved to berlin yes um and you yeah know, yeah it, he's, he is american he's 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 one of us but basically he had a break out of record a couple of years ago where it's it, it was basically a fusion of like you know I, and it's hard I, I hate to use the term experimental because it's very vague you know philip munchausen could be experimental there's a lot of things but it was a mix of basically like you know club music a little bit of industrial and some rock music. With this record, he's kind of done a, a I won't say necessarily a, th- a 180, but it's definitely does something a little different where you can make the argument that I think it was, um, what was the name of the previous record? But uh, with that previous record, it was something more mired in, let's say, like you mentioned, like industrial, you know, um, experimental club music, like your Nicholas Jars, you know, your little indie rock faves. This one, he went full 70s funk rock. And. It's fucking fantastic. It's something you like. I didn't really realize I needed. You have echoes there of Sly and Stone. If you want a more modern reference, there's a lot of uh, gospel type vocals that you would kind of see in like TV on the radio. As far as you know, putting that together and fucking and um, indie rock. Speaking of which, uh, I don't think. And this is somebody who listens to a lot of fucking like hard rock metal. I don't think I've heard as much guitar <laughs> in any of the records I've heard in 2019. <laughs> Than they have in this. Like, it's just guitar solos up the ass. And it's it's just kind of interesting to kind of see a dude where, you know, not to say that they weren't nods of towards, like, you know, making rock music before, but it's just like, oh, shit. He's doing this very specific kind of, like, 70s funk rock and roll, and it doesn't sound cliched. And I think it's an issue where 
in general, as somebody who's a rock fan, I think there's an idea of where a lot of rock musicians, a lot of black rock musicians, kind of fall into the trap of making, you know, it's it's very easy to kind of borrow from the the altar of Sly Stone. It's kind of easy to borrow from the altar of, let's say, if you're more punky, like a Bad Brains. What's cool about um, Ease is the fact of where he kind of draws from these very specific references, but puts it to a filter of a dude who's, you know, been working in a little very hardcore, very experimental techno music and kind of comes out something totally different. Um, what I love about the record is the guitar solos. What I love about the record is there's a lot of heavy female solos from, uh, what's her name, Winter Gordon? I feel like what her name is now. Give me a second. I'll shout her out in a moment. But it, it's something where it's very specific and very cool, very unique. It's something where it would have been easy for him to make like a generic as you know, jazz funk album, you know, with his stature, but he's made something where it's very much like in that standard, but also very well written pop melodies. Like it's it's something where that where he was before, where he was this kind of known producer, if you wanted to go to him for like let's say beats, he'd be that guy to basically coming into a really well fully formed songwriter, it's just been a great leap. So I love the record. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm the same way, you know, you turned me on the East Tumor like, you know, a couple years ago or whenever he dropped his first album and or his last album, and I was just like, Oh, this is really dope. It's goth, it's in industrial, it's very nine inch nails, very Marilyn Manson, it's also fronted by like a queer black man, so kind of addressing <laughs> being a queer black man, you know, and I was <laughs> like, Oh, this is really dope. And yeah, like he was he's able to pivot. Um, and with this album, but again, like he kind of re- re- retains that industrial sound in a lot of ways, and he has a trademark sound now. But yeah, he's able to open it up, be more R and B, be more, um, you know, rock and roll, be more kind of like, like uh, you know, I, this first track has like some hip hop beats to start out. Gospel for a new century has like some hip hop beats to start it off. So like embracing like hip hop and all that, that type of stuff. Um, and yeah, it's, it's way more accessible. And when we say when I say accessible, like, it doesn't mean like there's radio friendly hits on here. But there's a lot I've seen. I'm seeing this album pop up in a lot of people's discussions, uh, who are just people who love like Brooklyn indie rock and things like that. And so I think like now this is the album that kind of uh, gets them a little bit more. Um, you know, notice even with people, you know, like your 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 black indie rockers or like your your scenesters or whatever. Like, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about this album, and I think it's great. Like, it, it's akin to me, um, to a lot of Bowie, a lot of glam rock Bowie. Yes, I, I see like some glam rock Bowie in there. I see some um some Prince, obviously, which I know that's one of his his idols is Prince. I see some. You know, some of the more experimental, like, Paisley Park print stuff. I see a lot of that in here, you know. And, yeah, he's playing around with guitars more. He's playing around with, like, female vocalists more. He's, you know, just kind of, like, really solidifying the sound um, and making it still kind of cool and weird, but also making it, again, like, his own. Like, he has his, like, this kind of trademark sound, this kind of trademark voice and um, he's still kind of running things through filters, you know, so it's not like it's it's completely completely 100% polished. Um, so, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think it's really solid. I'm really happy to see the come up. I want Yeez Tumor to be like the Tame Impala, you know, where like he like he's on every like rapper's <laughs> singing hook on every rapper's, you know, <laughs> tracks, you know, um, which I think he can be. I, I think like there are some like intersections with like uh, Travis Scott. You know, I think yeah. that would be a really cool collabo. Yeah. You know, I, I think like, 
Like, like there are those opportunities. And I think that this album maybe was that kind of pivot to say, hey, look at me. Like, this is, you know, I can do this type of music that, like, maybe is more generally accepted, maybe not as industrial, um, and I can still do it well. And I think he has done it well, and I'm not mad. Yeah, no, it's, it's, so. and it's crazy to me. And, it, and, it, and it's so, so like he's, you know, he's they, them pronouns now. I believe non-binary, but it's interesting because when he's singing, is the idea of where it's it's is this what I find hilarious? Like I said, the Bowie is nails it because it's like there's a lot of girls, like let's, let's, let's like you know I'm a sleep with you girl. It's a very specific signifier which could have been so cheesy, like so generic, it's, you know, and, and not to be funny, it's like <laughs> it could have been it could have been very bad Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> but it was very good Lenny Kravitz. Long story short. <laughs> And it's the idea you've got this person where definitely, you know, like, like, you know, it's, it's, he just took that, you know, like, here's what you guys, here's what you weird, you know, cock rocking, you know, sleeping with 14 year olds, groupie rock dudes are doing in like fucking 70s. And me as a queer person, I'm going to take it and just kind of remix it and, and just bring it to 2020 and have it be intact. And like I said, it's for somebody who's watched, you know, a lot of these like funk rock bands just horribly suck. It's awesome to see somebody who could kind of like do that. Like it's like that in itself is something where it's a rarity for people to kind of like do funk rock justice in, in just in the last like couple of decades. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard, like I said, bad Lenny, bad Lenny Kravitz is in spades. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was actually trying to like figure out who the producer was. Cause I know he like changed up his producer, and the producer he, he worked with like worked with some like larger indie artists as well. Um, so you know, again, like it, 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 it's there that that thoughtful like, hey, I'm gonna work with this producer who's like produced like other indie artists, and I'm gonna like make this uh, more cohesive. Um, I, I I see the dude's vid. Sorry. I see their vision. I need to be better at, at, at <laughs> <laughs> accepting pronouns, you know. Um, but, I, I, but I see their vision. Yeah. I see their vision. And, and yeah, no, it is really, really exciting. Um, I know they had like a tour, a huge tour lined up that I had to cancel, which kind of sucks. But um hoping that this album kind of blows Yves Tumor up because I think, I think they're ready. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... I'm going to say like a lot of personal, you know, Kia is one of my favorite albums of the year so far. But I think as far as like the the, the, the pitchforking idea of where you've got to push music forward, it's got to be new variations of indie rock, yada, yada, yada. I think he's got it. Like, I'll be very surprised if he doesn't make top tens. I'll be I'll be crying racism like a motherfucker. So, you know, props to him. Yeah, yeah. And then, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, that's it for Reg and Stone. As we crawl back to our shelters and eat way too many of the snacks that we bought for a week that pretty much go in a day because all we're doing is watching Netflix shows. Shouts to Ozark. Fam, fam if you, <laughs> yeah, dude, if, if you if you can get the snacks. Oh, yeah. Like... No, to tra- 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 I think that's, it's, and no joke, in New York City, it's easier to get weed than it is to get like Trader Joe's snacks, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like last week was a struggle, fam. Last week it was just like you know all the all the Uber Eats spots are closing. Like we couldn't get our grocery deliveries. It was, it was about to be like chop kitchen up in here. Uh-oh. Uh, 
So yeah, you know. But again, we're we're blessed. We're blessed. We, we were able to get the food. Yes. Um. So can't can't complain too much. Hope hope everybody out there is is is, is doing well as, as as much as you can. Yep. Shots to, uh, shots. Thanks for listening as always. Yeah. Shouts to the healthcare workers for doing a good job. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh, and that's it, man. Yeah. Y'all stay safe, stay COVID free, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.